multiple heart attack and life flighted. Oklahoma City? Or Wichita. And so I uh, don't know a lot there, but just pray for them. Uh, obviously, not a phone call anyone wants to get. So pray for the Ramey family. I think we think his name is Tony. And so those are the ones that I've been given. Anybody have a praise or prayer request starting over here on the right side, left to you? My right, your left, anybody? Okay, uh, here in the center section, up here, Miss Lori. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, she's made out of some different dirt than you and I too. So, she's made out of some different dirt than you and I. So, Saturday, Monday, we're having staff meeting, and Pastor decides to surprise us and take us to lunch. And uh, of course, we invite Miss Brenda to come along. She turned down lunch because she was having fun cleaning the church. And so, what? church gets to say that about their pat about anybody really but the pastor's wife was having more fun cleaning that says something about our staff but uh yeah 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 amen that's awesome yeah, amen. Yep. She's good at what she does. Yep. She does an awful lot, too. So, yep. Praise God. I'm glad you shared that. It's good stuff. All right. Sounds like a parable in the New Testament I've heard about. It's pretty good stuff. Go home and rejoice. That's good. Anybody else over here? Anybody? It's hard to top that one. That was good. Okay. Anybody over here? Left center? Right center for you all? Uh, back at the back by the gym? Yes. Please pray for a friend of mine. He had got shot in the face just two days ago, mm -hmm. um, and he's recovering now from a traffic stop he made. Uh, good Christian brother for Yeah. Him. What's his name? Do you know? Wally Long. Wally Long? Yes. Okay. Okay, so friend of Brother Jim Seiler's up in Kansas is a fellow police officer up there, Wally Long. Uh, made a traffic stop two days ago and was shot in the face. And so pray for 
Wally and those just in that line of work. I can't imagine what you all face every day. So, yep, we'll pray for Wally. Anybody else here in this section? Uh, yeah, Brother Jesse. Oh, well, his leg again. Oh, Same no. Leg. I have problems finding someone to do surgery on. Okay. So, Kyle. He needs prayer. I was just thinking about him earlier. Okay, pray for Kyle Baldwin, uh, uh, brother-in-law to Jesse there, broke his leg uh, again. So pray for recovery there. All right, anybody else this section? All right, over here, far side. Yep, Miss Kristen. Uh, yeah, I just want to thank the Lord for my salvation. Today's my spiritual birthday. Amen. Happy birthday to you. That's awesome. That's good. Fifteen years. Um, and I also just want to thank the church for praying for my mom, praying for me, praying for my family. Yeah. Okay. So if you didn't hear that, Miss Kristen's spiritual birthday today, number fifteen. And then uh, just she thanks you for praying for her mom as she's passed, but she's in heaven now. So praise God for that. Anybody else here as well? Left side. Yep, Miss Cindy. Unspoken. Okay. Anybody else got an unspoken tonight? But okay, yeah, several. Okay. Anybody I missed, or you just thought of something? Uh, yeah, Miss Eddie. Okay. Okay. So the Morrises are asking prayer for Kai. Ongoing ear infection for several months now. He's got a meeting with his uh, doctor upcoming, and then next week is the court. Yep. Next Wednesday is a meeting for court for adoption there. So pray for the Morris clan for sure. Anybody else? Okay, all right. Well, we'll lift these up and turn it back over to Brother Andy. God, we come to you uh, just with grateful hearts once again, Lord. Thank you for the great week you've given us and the uh, safety you gave everybody coming in, Lord, as obviously the roads are still um, recovering from the snow from yesterday, Lord, uh, that, that we know of. We haven't had any major accidents come about, and so we thank you for that, and thank you for a warm and comfortable building to come to and to assemble together and meet with and, and even for our homes as well that we can look forward to getting back to. And God, I just thank you for the work that you're doing here amongst uh, your children in this church, Lord, and just uh, the healing that you're giving to many, uh, the physical healing that uh, many are getting, like uh, little Rowan Feaster, so glad that she's doing so much better. Uh, but Lord, also spiritual healing, Lord, as uh, several have realized their need of you and acknowledged you as their Savior, God. And we just thank you for each soul that has and pray that the rest would as well. That Lord, that pride or fear or whatever it might be that would stand in their way uh, would uh, be diminished, Lord, or be reduced, and that, Lord, their their desire for you would, would trump it, Lord. And so, God, do your work, Lord, amongst the, the brethren. Lord, there's a good number of kids here today, tonight, no doubt, that need to hear from you, some of them for the first time, as it's friend night for Juana's, Lord. This might be their one and only shot. And so, Lord, may your will be accomplished there, and give the workers grace and and uh, wisdom as they deal with them. And God, we've got the uh, upcoming uh, show with uh, Brother David Korn that we're really excited about just, I think, two weeks from tonight. And God's a great opportunity to see uh, kids and, and parents alike come in and, 
and have fun, but at the same time uh, walk out changed. And I pray that that would take place and that you would just bless the meetings uh, between now and then that Brother David's uh, having as well. And God, we thank you for uh, just Miss Lori Brock getting her uh, bracelet back and just being able to rejoice in finding uh, that which was so precious to her. And Lord, it uh, is no doubt that you led Miss Brenda to that just to give her the encouragement she needs that, that could encourage us tonight. But, Lord, it reminds us of the blessing that we have to have the Waterloos here. Lord, the faithfulness that they've shown for uh, these decades, Lord, is uh, truly uh, just an example that few can follow along behind, Lord, that the trials and challenges of ministry turn, turn many hearts away from serving you, Lord, and staying committed. And so we're thankful for their example and thankful for their love and even willing to clean and organize the church. And, Lord, how that that's brought a blessing uh, to Miss Lori and, and really to all of us, Lord, is, is truly great. We, we thank you for Miss um, Kristen Dolan's salvation, Lord, for 15 years now that she's had the peace of God and that she's been able to use uh, her relationships in the public school systems in Kansas as well as here in Ponca to uh, be a, a light uh, to coworkers and to students alike. Lord, we're thankful for her and thankful that uh, she has the peace of knowing her mom knows you and is with you now. And God, may you just bless uh, her testimony, uh, remaining testimony, Lord, and then obviously through Kristen as well now. And thank you for that, Lord. And we do lift up several needs tonight. Uh, Rita Hemkin, Lord, at home dealing with some uh, soreness from injections. Pray that you would bring healing there and uh, be able to allow her to return back with us very soon. And uh, little Harry Boyd, Lord, dealing with some upcoming uh, procedures and some uh, exploration, Lord, with his allergies. And just pray that there'd be some answers there and it'd be a help to him and that he could uh, enjoy a normal life as a result of it. We pray for Jesse Kreeble's dad, Lord, uh, recovering from renal failure. Uh, Lord, not sure if he's home yet or still in the hospital, but uh, last update was good. And so we thank you for that. Pray for Miss Debbie Gogger uh, at home, uh, Lord trying to get some uh, treatment there for her cancer. I pray that you'd bring about uh, just good recovery and grace and comfort to her. Lord, we pray for uh, Daniel uh, Ramey's dad, Tony, we believe, Lord, as he's, uh, Lord, been taken to Wichita for uh, evaluation, possibly a heart attack there. Pray that you would uh, just bring healing and uh, restoration to his health and life. May his uh, attention be on you, and may the doctor's hands be guided by you, we pray. And Lord, we pray for uh, Wally Long as uh, he serves our uh, country and communities, Lord, as many do in the form of um, law enforcement, Lord, trying to, to keep us safe, trying to keep things in order. And God, uh, in doing so, uh, someone took advantage of him, Lord, and now he's in a great place of need. And so I pray that you'd give grace and comfort and healing to him and, and his family's support would be there for him, God. And I pray that Brother Jim even could be a, an encouragement uh, to him and the family, God. Uh, pray for Kyle Baldwin as he's once again broke his leg uh, down in Oklahoma City. Pray that you would uh, just heal him of that. He's trying to find a doctor that can work with him as he's uh, had this happen before. And just pray that uh, resolution is there and pray for his salvation. Lord, not sure of, of his uh, spiritual state, but Lord, if he, if he doesn't know you, Lord, may he, like Jacob, um, Lord, turn his attention to you through this uh, ailment, Lord. And 
God, I uh, pray for all these unspokens that have been mentioned, Lord, or, or referenced through a raised hand. Uh, many people, Lord, just seeking wisdom and guidance and encouragement and help. And so, God, I, I know that you know each one and the many more that maybe couldn't raise their hand because they're not here or they're helping out in other ministries. Lord, may you uh, work through those and, uh, Lord, allow them to become praises here in the next uh, upcoming weeks. And then, Lord, for little Kai, uh, we love the Morris family and their heart to adopt. And we love little Rosie and what you've done in her life. And now uh, Kai is here, Lord, and what a sweet kid. But, Lord, uh, dealing with an ongoing ear infection and, uh, Lord, just trying to get resolutions to that. I pray that you'd bless and work and give some relief. Pray that you would also be with the court date that's next week, that it would uh, bring about good news, and that God, uh, he could become a part of the Morris family forever. And Lord, we just love you. We thank you for the chance to sing this next song. May it uh, stir our hearts as it, as it uplifts your name. And then, Lord, as you speak to us through the, the passage tonight, Lord, may you accomplish what you want. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, remain seated as we sing. For a few verses here, wonderful peace, wonderful peace lifted up tonight as we sing. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rolls a melody sweeter than song. In celestial-like strains it unceasingly falls, heard my soul like an infinite Resting deeply in Jesus' control, for I'm kept from all danger by night and by day, and His glory is flooding my soul. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father. sing on the fourth verse now and methinks when i rise to that city of peace where the author of peace i shall sing that one strain of the song which the ransomed will sing in that heavenly kingdom 
coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Ah, soul, are you here without comfort or rest, marching down? Accept this sweet peace so sublime. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Remain standing, grab your Bibles. Actually, I forgot to tell him you can be seated. I know we're, we're messing it up tonight. Total change. Be seated. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, only because I forgot to tell Brother Andy, we do have a missions video that I wanted to show you from Brother Ter Derek Thomas. So we kind of went totally out of order. And uh, Brother Derek Thomas, our missionary to Ukraine. And uh, we sent some support last year, and uh, he's given us an update. Uh, this video, though, is taken from one of the ministers, if, and I don't know if I'm going to say the city right, because they're all difficult, Bakhmut, which is uh, really some of the heaviest fighting right now. And uh, so if you're following that, some of the most deadliest and heaviest fighting taking place, and it's about a six-minute video uh, that we wanted to show you, and we'll have an uh, uh, address if you'd like to continue to donate to that ongoing uh, little, you know, situation as they're providing physical blankets and food and so forth. Uh, Brother Thomas is doing a great job with that, and um, they really are, and a lot of the missionaries there and the pastors there. And so we're going to show that for just a minute. I uh, hope it'll be an encouragement to you. But you also pay attention. I don't think I've told you this, but I mean, you'll be hearing planes and bombs going over. He's literally filming this. It's like every single day there's a bombardment taking place, and he's there. So, gentlemen, go ahead and show that. Hello, dear friends, Derek Thomas here, missionary to Ukraine. Wanted to give you an update on what's happening in Ukraine and especially one of our team members in Ukraine. He's a pastor, graduate of our institute, Slavic Baptist Institute. Uh, he's been serving, though he pastors a church in the Kharkiv region, serving in the city of Bakhmut. If you followed the war, uh, you know this last 30, 45 days or so, there's been a lot of fighting in Bakhmut, a lot of damage uh, to the city and uh, people just living in, in terrible conditions. And uh, he was able to get into the city uh, and most importantly, brought aid, but more than that, brought the gospel and have been able to hold gospel meetings to encourage people, to point them to the hope of Christ. Uh, it's just amazing. And uh, I'm gonna allow Nikolai to share with you the video I received. There'll be subtitles below. You can follow along with the subtitles and then we will uh, speak right after the, the video. Дерек, я вас приветствую. Первое, что хочу сказать, поблагодарить вас за всякую помощь, которую вы оказываете для служения здесь в Украине. Так Бог повел и дал мне возможность вернуться в Украину с Германии, где я был семьей, 
для того, чтобы служить людям. Когда я только приехал, начали здесь служение по месту. Сейчас Бог дал возможность быть город Бахмут. Его обстреливают каждый, каждую минуту. Не прекращается обстрел. Здесь такая обстановка. По официальным данным еще живет 7 тысяч населения. Вот за моей спиной мы открыли пункт помощи. Мы кормим людей, проповедуем им, поем песни. Начинаем день с молитвы. И мы просим помощи у всех, кто, кто имеет желание делать добро для Божьей славы. Мы нуждаемся сейчас в том, чтобы приобрести э, бус. Почему? Потому что здесь есть нужда. нужда. Здесь нет ни света, ни электричества, ничего нету. Вода, медикаменты топливо, интернет, все это автономное и много чего есть. Сегодня я столкнулся с тем, что нету у людей вещей, вещи просят. Слава Богу, еда есть, даже медикаменты некоторые есть. Вот. Планирую сюда привести группу людей, медиков, чтобы здесь помогали людям. Здесь самое элементарное – это вещи которых нет у людей, и они просят теплые вещи. И сегодня ко мне обратились ну, немало людей. Легковые маленькие машины, мы, это нецелесообразно вести из Харькова вещи. Много не привезешь. А, так же самое и воду. А, прошу, ищу возможность приобрести бус, любой бус, маленький, большой, хороший, плохой, какой-нибудь, лишь бы доехал сюда сюда вот в Бахмут, чтобы привезти воды, еды и вот на сегодняшний день люди просто, просто элементарные это вещи, одеть, одеть курточку, чтобы не замерзать. На улице мороз и люди живут без, без условий. В подвалах люди живут все без исключения. Вот и людям, чтобы на улицу выйти или даже спать лечь. Спать-то проще, потому что есть одеяло укрыться. А вот на улицу ходить у людей, как оказалось, не хватает просто курточки или теплых штанов или обуви. Все это надо сюда ввести. Если кто поможет, мы будем очень благодарны и верю, что Бог воздаст востократ тем, чьи сердца открыты. Мы здесь проводим служение, мы проводим богослужение раз в день на нашей точке. Утром мы с людьми молимся, поем, в обед проводим служение. Потом мы разъезжаем по разным точкам, здесь тоже есть еще пункт обогрева, и там тоже будем проводить служение. Пускай Бог благословит каждого из вас, молимся за охрану нашей жизни, за то, чтобы люди открывали сердца для, для Господа. Спасибо всем большое. Огромное спасибо. Молитесь за, за нас, пожалуйста. Well, I hope that was a, a blessing to you. It, I hope it spoke to your heart as it spoke to mine. And uh, we want to help Nikolai with his need. Uh, we're going to try to get a vehicle for him. This will enable him to bring aid, uh, larger sums of aid. This will be a cargo van, uh, which will allow him to bring the aid from Kharkov down there to Bakhmut and uh, in, in numbers that can help more people. 
and so if you would like to help with his vehicle or just help in general with aid that we're bringing in. Right now, we receive more requests for aid uh, than we can handle. Sergey tells me this often, uh, all the requests that he gets for aid, and uh, we're just not able to help everybody. So uh, if you'd like to help and continue helping, if you haven't given a gift yet to uh, Compassion for Ukraine, would you please consider that and uh, pray about that. God is blessing that. I also ask for your prayers as I'm going to Ukraine next week. Uh, I'll be, we'll be holding a session of our institute, Slavic Baptist Institute. Also, we'll be in our church in Kiev there, Living Hope Baptist Church of Kiev. Uh, we'll have a couple of Sundays there with them, and then also some other evangelistic opportunities. Please pray for us. Pray for our pastors. We have some great men and women, uh, Christians that are serving there in Ukraine, risking their lives to bring others, not only uh, aid, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we love you. Praise God for you. Uh, continue praying until God brings peace there, until all have heard the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. Good report from our missionary. I tell you what, just amazing stuff going on. Uh, we're in uh, Little Ponca City, Oklahoma, and sometimes just forget what's happening around the world. We support Brother Thomas. And if you would like to send any extra that way, just put in the offering under Ukraine. Uh, I'll instruct Brother Robin to make sure we send that over there to their clearinghouse to assist with that. But I hope you'll be praying for them as well and that God will continue just to do a great work in their life, definitely so. Well, we're in Proverbs chapter 25 tonight, and we're just going through some practical passages, a chapter each week, and now it's chapter 25. And uh, uh, we'll take a look at just a few verses and, or maybe several in that chapter. And so we're beginning chapter 25. We'll go ahead and stand now and do our reading tonight. We're going to pick it up. There's four verses that go together here, beginning in verse 8. And uh, we've kind of gone through and we just kind of covered these topics as they come up in the Word of God. And uh, so now here in Proverbs 25, verse 8, the Bible says, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof. When thy neighbor hath put thee to shame, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame and thine infamy turn not away. And then it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Thank you. You may be seated. Of course, throughout the Word of God, the Bible talks about conflict. As a matter of fact, on the same passage, verse 24, it is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman and in a wide house. And so tonight we're going to speak on why women always cause arguments. And, uh, okay, I'm just kidding. And uh, but now that I have your attention... And uh, so as we look at this, uh, you know, I probably every year I try to preach on conflicts. It is uh, throughout the Word of God. Uh, we all face conflicts, and uh, it's not a new thing by any means. And uh, so here we are once again in Proverbs, in a passage of Scripture uh, telling us how to handle it. I've entitled this, Embarrassing Confrontations. And as soon as I thought about that, one came to my mind. Now, not one that I admit that I spent much time on, but a lot of you have. You're going to be way better expert on this illustration than I will be. Uh, but some of you have heard of a guy by the name of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Anybody hear of that trial by any chance? Yeah. Okay, so last year, honestly, I did not watch it. I know, and I'm not against anybody who did. I ju just didn't catch my attention. I wasn't interested. Uh, but it did happen. And uh, from the people who watched it, uh, I heard a lot about it. And uh, it really, the comments about it were the same. 
I mean, it didn't matter who was writing, who you were talking to. Uh, everybody pretty much came to this conclusion. She's crazy. I mean, that's what I got out of it. She's crazy. And uh, so I'd see little clips. Of course, someone would copy or take there, and they'd post on the Internet. And so uh, then today, you know, of course, as I'm going over this and looking at the introduction, I, I got on Ben Shapiro, I think is how you say his name, and so I'll see some of his stuff every once in a while. He gave a little eight-minute um, conclusion on, you know, the trial and everything. So that was my, I, I took the cliff notes. How's that? And uh, rather than reading the whole book, I, I looked at that. And this was a part of the resolution. Well, I know how the trial ended. After I don't know how many days, uh, uh, Amber Heard loses and uh, the defamation case against Johnny Depp, and she's ordered to pay $10 million. And uh, now, of course, uh, suddenly I heard uh, from Ben Shapiro and what he said, uh, she decided to settle out of court now. Uh, and uh, so she decided to pay a million dollars because she's broke and doesn't have any money. And uh, I... Guess Johnny Depp and his attorneys accepted that and said that's fine. And so we're kind of coming to an end and a close of that. What was interesting to me, though, is I read the comments. And because uh, again, I, I didn't watch everything. So under the video, I read some of the comments and I, I just took the, the first ones. I just like copied and pasted real quick some of the first ones. So for you that have forgotten about the trial, uh, allow me to remind you what some people got out of it. Uh, Michael says this Amber has educated the world on what textbook narcissism and pure evil looks like. You can officially refer to anyone supporting Amber as those who worship evil's might. That was cute. Uh, Miss Marabella said, imagine your life's legacy is falsely accusing someone of abuse and then becoming a joke on the internet for it. There is no coming back from something like this. Very, very pertinent. Another lady said this, I went to this trial not knowing much and with an open mind. As somebody who has severe PTSD from abuse, and in fact, I work with abuse victims now, I was appalled at the amount of lies she told on the stand. Her testimony triggered not just myself, but many clients. Her and her horrible attorney, Elaine, want to say this is a setback for all women. All women. No, this was only a setback for liars, blackmailers, bad actresses, and attorneys who were in over their heads. I'm like, I got to go back and watch this now. I mean, I did not watch this trial, okay, and I miss it, and uh, it goes on and on. And uh, the thing that caught me, though, in Mr. Uh, Shapiro's comments was this. Uh, one of uh, Amber Heard's com comments was, as she was uh, having the settlement, which is, I guess, a month ago in December, but as she tweeted or wrote about the settlement, she goes, this isn't an uh, admission of guilt. I still believe, she said these words, in my truth. Now, that's huge. I don't have caught that. I still believe in my truth. And I want you to know that's one of our problems, say, in our society. People are living by my truth instead of the truth. And there's a big difference. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We're taught today, though, I have my truth. And the problem of it is it's not built on truth. It's not built on absolutes. Uh, if you're going to follow that, then anybody's truth is fine. And now you have chaos and a mess. And again, I don't know these two people. I know who they are, obviously. Uh, you say, well, why are you talking about them? They made it public. Thus, the part of the whole message tonight, just to help you out. Uh, the fact of the matter is they went public with all this. They, instead of settling out of court, they go to a lawsuit. And I don't know what her intent was, but it doesn't look good. And the fact of the matter is she thought maybe she could embarrass him or, or whatever. But they failed to settle it out of court. And now we have this mess in front of us, or should I say entertainment in front of us. The fact of the matter is, though, 
Proverbs talks about this, and as believers, I just want to say this. We've got to do better. We've got to, I mean, I know that's an extreme situation, extreme case, but when you break it down to our level, uh, most of us may have what we call an embarrassing story of some confrontation that we got involved in, uh, and, and I'm here to help us tonight that we want to avoid those as much as possible. And this is going to be a practical lesson in Proverbs 25 about how to avoid these embarrassing confrontations. So let's break the scripture down first and foremost, and we'll bring some comments in. In Proverbs chapter 25, we begin in verse 8. This is what the proverb says. Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. And you break it down, and the first command is, go not forth hastily to strive. In other words, do not be quick to engage. Uh, now, I know this because we teach on confrontations all the time. For a lot of us, this isn't a problem. Most people avoid confrontations like the plague. Usually when I'm talking to couples, I'm trying to say, hey, you need to confront more, okay? So it may seem like a contradiction, but can I remind you there's a time and place for everything. And the purpose here is this. Uh, we are not to go looking for strife, looking for a fight. That's not what Christians do. We're going to have to engage in some, and you're going to have some of those come, but we don't go looking for one. So he says, don't go hastily. And hastily also has this, unprepared, unprepared. Okay, can we all admit our biggest mistakes come jumping the gun, going in without you know, full investigation, going in not fully understanding. We hear something, we see something, and then all of a sudden we jump in, and then finally we get more information and go, oh. Okay, why? Because we didn't take our time. And so the beginning kind of helps us out. Go not in hastily. And then it says this, lest, lest, what happens? He shows us what might happen. He says this, get my glasses on, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof. In other words, you went so quick, you didn't even think out how it was going to go. I mean, you didn't, even, you didn't even consider it. It's like confronting your children about something and you jump into the middle of it because you think you know or you think you saw or you think you, something's going on. And without getting the facts and researching it, you jump in and suddenly you get new information and find out, you messed up, man. I mean, you, you do not have any facts now. But now, are you ready? Now you're in trouble because you don't know how to end the thing. And now as a parent, you're like, well, I don't want to lose this battle. I was always taught not to lose. And so now here you are in, in pride and, and arrogance. You begin to push the envelope and you, you end up pointing yourself in a corner that's very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. The fact of the matter is, as I looked at this, I began to break down of when we are embarrassed, we tend to react wrong. And I put these, these three things down. Uh, number one, we become prideful and dig in our heels. Uh, when you act hastily and then all of a sudden you haven't thought it through and now you're kind of stuck in this situation. Uh, almost the immediate reaction, if I'm going to be honest, almost the immediate reaction is pride. I mean, it's just kind of like, whoop. It's like, man, I got to talk my way out of this. And the more we talk, the more dumb things we say. Okay, let's just be honest. We do. And then we try to major on some small little point in, in the whole argument that we can get them on. You know, I remember my dad uh, doing this growing up. And, and um, uh, we, we had the raising of, you know, if, if there was somebody in trouble, he'd line up everybody in the family and spank everybody. Yeah, it's really, I'm not recommending it, but that's like, if nobody's going to confess, you all get it. And I always would be like, that's unfair. And, and I remember the response was this. Yeah, well, you probably deserve this for some other time that I missed it. How's that? You know, that never went over back then and doesn't today. Dad, are you listening? It doesn't today. But again, now you're, you're, kind, of, you're kind of in pride and now you, you throw a blame out of, well, you had to deserve it sometime. Now that's just a funny situation, but we do that. 
So now we're listening to this argument. We pick out a word or one statement, forgetting about really what the whole argument was really about. But now we pick out this one phrase and we're like, aha, we just jump on that. Can I tell you, you're going to embarrass yourself. And then we try to grab, grab others to come to our side. That's always fun. We start telling our perspective of the story with just our elements of the story. And all we're doing is it's kind of like this, digging a hole and digging it deeper. And so Proverbs warns us, look what it says. They don't jump in hastily to a fight, okay? Lest it goes, thou know not what to do in the end, because you haven't thought it through. You've not planned. When thy neighbor had put thee to shame. And that's the embarrassment. He's put you to shame. You say, what should we do? Well, honestly, shouldn't we humble ourselves and apologize? I mean, I, I know it's hard to train ourselves. But can I tell you? We should be quick to get into a confrontation. But can I tell you? When you do, and hey, just for my sake, would you help me out there? How many of us in here has jumped in? We thought we were right about something. We thought we had the information. We confronted a child, a friend, or somebody, and found out we were totally wrong. Anybody besides me? I'll just put myself in there, okay? I'm going to tell you as your pastor. Been there, done that, I got the T-shirt. Okay, I'm hoping to be wiser now, and I love pastors like this. So I want you to know, we're not alone. It's not like I'm the only, no, 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 no. Most of us have, but folks, we got to grow. God's given us such great instruction here. And I'm going to tell you, when you get in that situation, the best thing to do would have been to say, man, I am so sorry. Man, I had the wrong information. I let my emotions get involved. I got puffed. Would you please forgive me? Uh, I, I blew it on this one. Man, that changes everything. I mean, it totally changes everything. Then he goes to the next verse. Look what he says. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. I deal a lot with confrontations. Uh, part of the, the job um, of being a pastor is a peacemaker. Uh, but to be honest, really all of us are called to be peacemakers. We really are. It's not a primary job. My primary job is preaching the word and praying, uh, leading the church, being an overseer. Those are my three primary things that I do according to the word of God. Uh, but what I've noticed in the middle of that, there is also the uh, mediator. And I've mediated a lot of situations, trust me. Uh, more than probably I want to. But I get like, let's ask the preacher. And so now I'm in the middle of the situation and hearing stuff. And uh, what's interesting about this, it begins this way. It says, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself. Can I remind you of Matthew chapter 18, verse 10? Uh, very famous. I, that's the one I preach all the time because it, it's so pertinent. Uh, we do need to confront each other, but in the confrontation it says, if thy neighbor, thy friend, thy family member, whoever it might be, has trespassed against thee, go to him alone, Matthew 18.10 says in a paraphrase. Go to them alone. Let me, let me remind you of something so important. Hey, at every angle and avenue possible, you want to confront and solve things as privately as possible. You know? I mean as privately as possible. Uh, you say, well, I have nothing to hide. That's not actually a biblical mindset here. It has nothing to do with hiding anything. It has to do with what's appropriate and good. I tell when I'm doing counseling and I'm dealing with this, and uh, we do, uh, we got about seven or eight couples retreats this year, Brendan and I will do, and when I'm talking about like my lesson that I gave you all a year or so ago on how to have a good fight, and often I'll bring up on the confrontation side, uh, one of the warnings that I'll give, and, um, and that is this, be careful airing out your dirty laundry in front of anybody but yourself. Uh, I'll tell you from a man's perspective, the last thing I want to do is be in a restaurant and us have this deep down serious talk about something. Uh, you say, well, why not? Because I want to eat food. And quite honestly, there's people sitting around listening. Now, I can have a lot of topics, but if we're going to get into our relationship or something like that, no, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably going to clam up. I'll tell you right now. 
I'm going to go very silent. and very, I really don't want to talk about this right now. Why not? This is perfect time. No, there's about 20 strangers around. And they all have cell phones and they're all listening. It's not a good time. You know? I mean, alone, the Bible says. Uh, and seriously, I, don't, I harp on this all the time. And I'm telling you, I, I'm amazed how, how this doesn't sink in. So, so I'm going to say it about a million times more. Do it privately. Okay? I mean, the Bible is so clear on this. I mean, you always start there. I mean, when you start taking it to public, man, I'm telling you, you open a whole can of worms there. I mean, everything changes when you go down that road. But man, if you're going privately, and think about this, if I go to Andy about something and I'm wrong, like we all raise our hand, I'm embarrassed in front of one person. But if I stand in front of the church and go, Andy, I want to talk to you about this, and we start getting into it in front of you all, first of all, the phones are coming out. You know, secondly, I mean, it's a little embarrassing to be sitting there in the midst of that. I think the, all of us know today, uh, you've heard of, um, Mom, I'd like to apologize ahead of time, but uh, you've heard of Karens, have you not? <laughs> I've not looked up why they call it Karen, but Mom, I'm so sorry. But a Karen basically references a, <laughs> a woman, and, and I guess it could be a man too, but somebody that's out of control, and, and uh, I mean, they're yelling, screaming, all this kind of stuff, and people are videotaping, they're just out of control, and, and it's in a public format. They're yelling, and they're upset about something. And I always come to this and think, man, the Bible's very clear. Hey, hey, do this privately. There are some things that are public, and uh, you say, what do you handle public? It's in the paper. Front page paper, that's pretty public. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Why did I mention Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's name tonight? It's public. I mean, when you're that public at a public trial, it's like people are going to talk and say it, but you made it public. But the fact of the matter is private things, the best thing that could happen between those two is that we never knew their dirty laundry. We never knew what they were like. Why? One, it's not really our business. You know, it's really not. But, but secondly, in there, it's like they made it that way and it became an embarrassment than anything else. So folks, go alone. And then he goes on, look what he says in the next verse. And discover not a secret to another. Verse 10, lest he that heareth it put thee to shame and thine infamy turn not away. Now, now here's the thing, don't miss this. Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame. The context isn't that he that heareth it being Andy, and I'm talking to Andy about it. The context is the people listening. Now stop thinking about it. So that person on the plane, I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll watch YouTube videos of the Karens. And somebody that's had a little bit too much to drink or had a little bit bad attitude and the phones come out and you've seen them too if you've watched YouTube or TikTok or whatever it is and all of a sudden this person is going on a rant. You know, they're yelling at flight attendants or yelling at the person next to them and whatever it is and they're going off and some you can't watch, of course, because of the language and you're like, going, oh, okay. I mean, but you're sitting there watching this and you're like going, what is going, I mean, they're going crazy. And, and I'm always looking at this and I'm thinking, wow, it's not so much the two people fighting, it's everybody around is looking saying, this person has lost it. This person is nuts. Uh, this person is out of control. I don't, as a matter of fact, when they're removing them off the plane, what does everybody do? I mean, you got a whole crowd that doesn't even know you applauding that you're getting off the plane. Why? Because of the way you reacted. And so, so the context here is this. Hey, be careful. Do things privately. Why? Folks, you know, these people are listening. I tell you this. And listen, folks. Folks, we are Christians. Let me help you with Christians. Christians are people. We're human beings. We make mistakes. But we got a great book to guide us. We really do. And let me tell you one of the few things. In case you're wondering... If you think that I think that you're perfect and you and your spouse never get in an argument, you're crazy. But the fact is, I don't want to hear it and see it. <laughs> I, I'm not excited. You know what I'm saying? 
But I don't look at you and go, they are the perfect couple. They never, ever have a spat. You know, do you and Brenda ever have a spat? No, never. <laughs> of course, even as pastors, why? Well, she's a woman. <laughs> you never let me finish these statements, okay? And I'm a man. I wasn't done. It was like a, not even a complete sentence. But yeah, of course, women and men, they have spats. That's what happens, man. People don't get along. I mean, of course, that doesn't mean we don't love Jesus. We don't love you. I mean, it's just life. So I don't look at anybody going, they've never had an argument, even this last, well, no, but why don't you see it or hear about it? It's not appropriate. How often do we have to say this? Uh, yeah, I remember growing up, you'd say, you ever, I'll ask people, you ever see your mom and dad fight? Never. But they did. Oh, no, I never saw it. That's because they were good parents. No, seriously, you, are you kidding? Of course your mom and dad had spats. And half of them were about you. You know, but what? They were smart enough to say, no, no, we're not doing this in front of the kids. Why? Because they need a stability. Look, this is Bible principles. This is, pra- this is practical stuff. I, I get it. Uh, I like deep theology. I like it. But, but I'm telling you, Proverbs is full of things of how to live every day. How to get through it as believers to have discernment and discretion. And I'm telling you, this is needed. You know, on one side, we have people that won't confront things that need to be confronted. And now on this side, which is the total opposite, we have people who confront and they don't think it through and they don't take their time and they go in hastily and, and they start fighting in front of people and making something public that ought to be private. And I'm telling you, God has warned us not to do that. Then look what he says here. And then he says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. I love that. He says, you know what? Taking your time to think through and say the right words in the right way. Probably the thing that I hate about conflicts the most is how much time it takes me. I hate writing letters uh, for that exact same reason. Um, I don't consider myself a good writer. Uh, you, you say, well, if someone speaks, they write well. That's actually incorrect. Okay? If I ever write anything, I'm going to have to about five people editing it. You know? Because um, I talk fast and I write fast. But anyways, when I got to respond to somebody, because I know the power of words... Uh, it could take me 45 minutes for literally three or four paragraphs. Because I know if it's not said right or the right way, the strife that it can cause. And so I got to think through every single word and everything I'm writing. And so even writing something that I have to respond to somebody as your pastor and as overseer of the church is laborsome. Now you add a conflict and you you have no idea behind the scenes how long conflicts take. And all the steps you have to go through to, to correct these things and all the time that it takes. It's part of life. I mean, it's part of life. But I've learned this, man, a word fitly spoken. I don't say everything that comes to my mind. I wouldn't be pastor. <laughs> now stop thinking about that. There's always this, well, I just say, I'm an honest person. I say what's on my mind. Now, it's not that you're an honest person. You're an unwise person. It's totally different. You say, well, you just offended me. Well, that was on purpose. That was on purpose because you're totally not thinking right. Somebody fed you the wrong thing. I mean, just because you know something doesn't mean you should say it. I'm very clear here, private. You don't reveal secrets. The Bible just said that. You take care of things privately. So the, the, the whole goal here is, and the whole warning here is, be careful of embarrassing confrontations. Let me give some concluding thoughts. From this, I come up with three or four things from this that we'll reiterate for you. It looks like I have four of them tonight, so that's really good. That's not going to be bad. Let me give you four applications real quick. Number one, I put this down. I read these verses, and we break them down, and number one that comes to my mind is we need to get better at learning how to confront issues in a biblical way. Hey, can we admit that? We have got to get better. You know, just because you're saved and love Jesus doesn't mean you're good at this. 
I don't know where we get that. that all of a sudden, we think that we're good communicators because we're Christians. You can still be a horrible communicator. You can be horrible at solving problems and love Jesus. If you want to know, that's why we love people. Uh, and that's why we accept everyone here at Central Baptist Church. We get nobody's perfect. We get nobody's got it all down pat. We get that's why we're growing. But can I tell you, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer. When you come in and hear messages like this, it's a very practical lesson that if you'll use it, it will save you so much embarrassment and pain. No, I'm sorry. It will save you embarrassment and pain. If you're like me, I hate being embarrassed. Now, let's just all be honest. One day I'm falling off these steps. Can we just go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room? How many of you ever thought while well, watching me preach saying he's going to fall one day? Just be honest, you're in church. That's about 90% of you. The other 10% you're sleeping, so you didn't have that thought is what's happening. I sleep through most of the message, so it doesn't matter. I can't tell me how many people I'm up here and your eyes go down going, no, nah, we're going to lose him. I'm going to help you. I'm going to fall. And I'm going to help you. You're going to laugh. Okay? And it's going to be embarrassing. And I'm going to pop up, smile, and act like nothing happened and keep preaching. Okay? That's how that's going to go down. Okay? Unless I'm in pain, then I'm going to hobble back up hide behind the pulpit in pain and finish preaching. Does that make sense? But I fully expect that you're going to laugh. Can I tell you why? Because if I was out there and when Andy falls, I'm laughing my head off. Okay, it's going to happen. That is so mean. Welcome to life, okay? It's just the way that it is. That's embarrassing. But you know what? I'm going to get over that. But I know this. I like being embarrassed. That's not fun. That's not exciting. Nobody likes it. I don't think you like to be embarrassed. Let me help you. We get embarrassed for our spouse, in front of our kids, at church, around family and friends, because we don't apply this simple principle. We ought to confront issues when they need confronting. But nowhere in the Bible does it say to be quick-tempered, hasty, jump in the middle of it without thinking it through, praying about it, and then finding a good time to sit down. And if you're a hasty person, I'm going to tell you, you're going to run into a lot of embarrassment. And here's the problem. At the end of the, verse 9, it says and their infamy shall not be removed. You say, what are you saying? It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. There are some things you do and some embarrassments that come that may stick with you because you fail to follow these principles. For most of us, we've avoided that. I don't remember any bad videos of any of you out there yet. Okay? But no, seriously, we have. But I look at this, and I think we need to get better at this. And I, and I tell you, I cannot overemphasize this as your pastor and someone who counsels a lot of people. Uh, nobody's expecting everybody to be perfect at stuff, but I can tell you, this area we have to grow in because there is a plethora of verses on how to confront people, how to communicate, and we do not study them. I literally preach two primary messages everywhere I go. I got seven couples retreats this year, I believe. In the midst of those, some just on a Friday, Saturday, and as we go, I have a beginning set that I will use 90% of the time. It's choose your words and how to have a good fight. Why? Because we are horrible at it. They're basic introductions because why? Every single believer needs them. Every single Christian needs them. And the fact of the matter is because we have all these verses and just because we love Jesus, God's trying to now help us have better relationships and we're not using it. I'm telling you, listen, we've got to get better. Amen. So when I read this again, all it tells me is, hey, all of us, let's get better. Number two, handling things in the most private of ways is the best place to start. You know, when I look at this and just the overemphasis, um, we had an example just, I think this last week, if I'm not mistaken, and and uh, you're not going to know this person, so I don't mind sharing the story because I don't really know them. Uh, I know one of the parties involved, but a uh, young couple broke up, 
you know, they're supposed to get married in about a month, and he called off the wedding. And uh, so uh, one person I knew knew this individual, and so they were telling me about it and told me who it was and everything. And so, again, I don't think anybody here would even know who they are. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they, they had this breakup, uh, and the dad got offended. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if I've got a daughter and you break up with her, uh, I'm either going to be ecstatic or want to shoot you. That's the two options that are there right now. And, 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 and I get the fact as a dad, seriously, I, I give a pass as a dad or a granddad, you know, defending, you know, immediately, kind of that immediate I'm defending. Hey, but there comes a point to, to move on. That was free, to move on, okay? And uh, so the dad couldn't move on real quick, and he's a pastor, and on social media. So he decided to do a series on bad choices. And uh, then later on, he, he writes in his post, this is directly related to the guy who broke up with his daughter. So let me help you. If I were to name, you wouldn't know them. It doesn't mean anything to you. But everybody who do, does know them, and everybody who knows they broke up, and every word that he's now spoken, can I tell you, how embarrassing to the daughter, and can I tell you as a pastor, to the pastor. Because I'm watching this. I don't even know all the details. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is a grown, mature man who's a minister, and he's posting on social media, airing out what happened with his daughter. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no. So if I'm looking at a pastor who ought to know better and knows the word of God and hastily jumped into something and hastily made it public, and are ready? And who knows how far that has spread. And everybody that's looked at that that knows him a pastor now has a different vision of that individual. So I use that a purpose because I'm telling you, folks, we're in a social media age. Did you know that? Are you, are you aware of that? I remember a lady coming to me in second marriage, had stepchildren, and she got mad one day at a family gathering and on social media ripped up her stepchildren. So put it on Facebook how awful they were. She came in a week later to me saying, hey, pastor, I blew it really bad. What do I do? And I'm going to be honest, honest with you. As you're sitting here today, I looked at her and said, ma'am, there's nothing you can do. I said, you can do a lot of bit of praying, but I'm going to be honest, you did probably irreparable damage. Now, I know people like to come in like there's something different, but I'm like, I can't help you with this. I mean, every family member has read this. Everybody has spread it around. There's no way to take back. They now see that this is your real heart. This is how you think about them. And you did it mad, angry, and instead of privately, you did it public. Folks, I, I'm, not against, you know, I'm not against social media. I'm really not. But can I tell you, we need to be smarter. Can I remind you, there's a camera everywhere you go. Did you know that? Yeah, if you don't, you need to wake up. There's a camera everywhere you go. I've been thinking about changing our vans, taking Central Baptist Church off, putting the Methodist or, I don't know, <laughs> Catholic or Lutheran Church on there, just in case the drivers go, go wacko. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about for our Christian school instead of CBA, you know, when they're out on a field trip, some other church name. Let them have fun, but if they blow it, it's not us. Not us. Of course, we're not going to do that. But you see what I'm saying? I mean, everywhere you go, I and mean, people are watching, people are videotaping. And, and I think we just have to be wise in this. Yeah, number one, I think we need to get better at conflict. Number two, we got to get better at handling things privately instead of publicly. And number three, I put stop blaming others for your embarrassment. You know, I, I look, and the fact of the matter is if you blow it, let me tell you what the best thing to do is. Your best option is own it, ask forgiveness from God and the people that are involved, and move on. Best thing you can hope is grace that people understand, you know what, I've been dumb too. And I've made mistakes too. 
But you keep trying to justify it and you keep going online after you've just blown it publicly and all your friends, instead of humbling yourself like the Bible says, you're going to drive that in deeper and deeper and deeper. Folks, I remind you of what a basic principle of Christianity is, humility. Humility. And it's hard to do that, but follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Attacked, beaten, unjustly accused. What was his response? Come on, what was his response? Humility. That ought to be ours. One last thing, I looked at this. And I wrote down this. When we talk about a topic like this, my only concern is this. Don't stop confronting issues. Just learn how to do it better. I battle the other side so often. People don't confront. They have an issue and they never bring it up. Bitterness sits in. I um, always wonder, we probably won't find out to heaven or if they live long enough, we'll find out how many come to Central Baptist Church have been hurt or offended. Or it's something either I've done or somebody in the church and uh, never followed the biblical principles to confront. Or if they did, they never finished and resolved it. And uh, they still sit with the seed of bitterness. Seed of bitterness. Um, and I see it over the years. It comes up over the years. And you see it in their attitude and their spirit. Then you start seeing it in no, I'm just telling you how this works. You see it. I mean, people think they're hiding it. And you can hide it for a while, but it starts to come on out. Statements that are made, uh, actions that are taken. I mean, it just starts flowing out just a little bit. And here's the problem with that is they've not followed the other side. That is, the Bible says if you are offended, you're to confront and get it right. Go through a process and get it corrected to the best of your ability. I've always said you're not going to like everybody. I know that's so hard. I love church because we have so many different people. I mean, really, I love that. You think about personalities and talent. I mean, it's great. You just take a look around it, and not just the people you're sitting with. But if you take a look around in this church, you will see, I mean, a hodgepodge of everything. And you know what, you know what brings us together? Jesus. I mean, we got some cool people here. I mean, that's what we do. We got some sharp people here. And I, I love it. I mean, we've got some educated people here. I mean, they are, they're pretty smart people. Uh, they're very educated, and you talk to them. They're kind of intimidating when you talk to them. They're like, they know stuff really well. We got some hardworking people. We got some serving people. We have some weird people. We have some. No, we got it all. We got it all. We got old people, middle-aged people, young families, young. We've got every demographic at Central Baptist Church. Okay, and I love to watch it. I love that the teenagers. I love the little kids coming in. I love the young family. You just watch. I, it's, I love every stage, every season. You know, um, that's one of the neat things about it. And it works. It works. But folks, it doesn't change the components of the Word of God. That means you're probably going to get offended, probably going to get upset someday, and the Bible tells you how to handle it. And if you're not going to handle it, then you're going to be in sin. And you're going to blame everybody else for it. And the fact of the matter is it's you. No, it's you. Well, I didn't say you created the situation, but you continued it with your bitterness and now it's slowly affecting you and everybody around you. And your attitudes and your spirit is horrible. I mean, just horrible. Why don't you say anything? Well, we just love you like Jesus. Love to see you change one day. And you're always welcome at Central Baptist Church. But I'm going to tell you, folks, we got to do better. We got to do better at handling conflicts, not necessarily avoiding them, but also not making them public. Handle things privately, do it the way God says, and you're not going to be as embarrassed. Instead, you're going to find peace and resolution. Isn't God's word great? Or just practical. Isn't that just practical stuff? I mean, stuff that we all need on how to relate to one another. And I think if we'll start applying it, it'll change us. Amen. Well, let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. As we stop tonight, Lord, with this Bible study, 
We thank you for your word and just the practical things in your word. Lord, I'm always amazed at the different lessons of when they come and how they come. I always know, Lord, we all need them. But I also know particularly, Lord, there are times when it's needed by certain individuals even more than others. Maybe they're going through something in their life right now and, or have just gone through it, whatever it might be. But, Lord, you orchestrate that. You orchestrate the messages, the thoughts. And so, Lord, take it, use it. May it be a benefit. And, Lord, I pray that we would better listen to your word, Lord, better learn to handle problems and conflicts that we know are coming, that you'd be honored and glorified. I do pray, Lord, that we'd be made known as more like peacemakers than we are, Lord, as angry and hasty and conflicting people. And so, Lord, help us to Help us to model that to the best of our ability. And part of that is learning how to confront in the proper way. And we thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you all. We look forward to seeing everybody Sunday and servants. Don't forget servants banquet tomorrow night at 6. If you signed up for that, we'll see you then.